Hello everyone and welcome to my podcast. Now we are going to start with the next chapter of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Book 2 of Harry Potter and the chapter name is The Death Day Party. October arrived spreading a damp chill over the grounds and into the castle Madame Pomfroy the matron was kept busy by a sudden spread of colds among the staff and students. Her pepper up potion worked instantly through its left the wrinkle smoking at the ears for several hours afterwards Ginny Weasley who had been looking peaky was bullied into taking some by Percy the same the steam pouring from under her vivid hair gave the impression that her whole head was on fire raindrops the seas of bullets thundered on the castle windows for days on end the lake rose the flower beds turned into muddy streams and hagrid's pumpkins swelled to the size of garden sheds oliver wood's enthusiasm for regular training sessions however was not dampened which was why harry was to be found late on one stormy saturday afternoon a few days before halloween returning to gryffindor tower drenched to the skin and splattered with mud even aside from the rain and wind it hadn't been a happy practice session fred and george who had been spying on the slytherin team had seen for themselves the speed for of those nimbus 2001s they reported that the slytherin team were no more than seven greenish blurs shooting through the air like jump jets as harry squelched along the deserted corridor he came across somebody who looked just as preoccupied as he was nearly headless nick the ghost of gryffindor tower was staring morosely out of a window muttering under his breath don't fulfill their requirements half an inch if that hello nick said harry hello hello said nearly headless nick starting and looking around he was he wore a dashing plumped hat on his long curly hair and a tunic with a ruff which concealed the fact that his neck was almost completely severed he was pale as smoke and harry could see right through him to the dark sky and torrential rain outside you look troubled young potter said nick folding a transparent letter as he spoke and tucking it inside his doublet so do you said harry ah said nearly headless nick waved an elegant hand a matter of no importance it's no not as though i really wanted to join thought i'd apply but apparently i don't fulfill requirements in spite of his hairy airy tone there was a look of great bitterness on his face but you would think wouldn't you he erupted suddenly pulling the letter back out of his pocket that getting hit 40 times in the neck with a blunt axe would qualify you to join the headless hunt oh yes said harry who was obviously supposed to agree i mean nobody wishes more than i do that it had been all quick and clean and my head had become off properly i mean it would have saved me a great deal of pain and ridicule however nearly headless nick shook his letter open and read furiously we can only expect except huntsmen whose heads have parted completely with their bodies 
you will appreciate that it would be impossible otherwise for members to participate in hunt activities such as horseback head juggling and head polo it is with the greatest regret therefore that i must inform you that you do not fulfill our requirements with the very last very best wishes sir patrick delany portmore fleming nearly headless neck stuffed the letter away half an inch of skin and sinew holding and my neck on harry most people would think that's good and beheaded but oh no it's not enough for sir properly discapitated podmore nearly headless neck took several deep breaths and then said in a far calmer tone so what's bothering you anything i can do no said harry not unless you know where we get the seven number uh, seven free numbers 2001 for a match against le the rest of harry's sentence was drawn by a high pitched mewing from somewhere near his ankles he looked down and found himself gazing into a pair of lamp like yellow eyes of his mrs norris the skeletal gray cat who was used by the caretaker august filch as a sort of deputy in his endless battle against students you'd better get out of here harry said nick quite quickly filch isn't a good in a good mood he's got flu and some third years accidentally plastered for frog brains all over the ceiling in dungeon 5 he's been cleaning all morning and if he sees you dripping mud all over the place right said harry backing away from the accusing stare of mrs norris but not quickly enough drawn to the spot by the mysterious power that seemed to connect him with his foul cat right said harry backing away from accusing stare of mrs norris but not quickly enough drawn to the spot by the mysterious power that seemed to connect him with his foul cat august filch burst suddenly through a dark stray to harry's right wheezing and looking wildly about the rule breaker there was a thick tartan scarf bound around his head and his nose was unusually purple filth he shouted his jaws a quiver his eyes popping alarmingly as he pointed at the muddy puddle that had dripped from harry's quidditch robes mess and mark everywhere i've had enough of it i tell you follow me potter so harry waved a gloomy goodbye to nearly headless nick and followed filch back down back downstairs doubling the number of muddy footprints on the floor Harry had never been inside Phil's office before. He was a place it was a place most students avoided. The room was dingy and windowless, lit by a single oil lamp dangling from the low ceiling. A faint smell of fried fish lingered about the place. Wooden filling filling cabinets stood around the walls from there. labels harry could see that they con- contained details of every pupil filch had ever punished fred and george weasley's had an entire drawer to themselves a highly polished collections of chains and manacles hung on the wall behind filch's desk it was common knowledge that he was always begging dumbledore to let him suspend students by their ankles from the ceiling 
Felt grabbed a quill from a spot, uh, uh, from a pot on his desk, and began shuffling around looking for parchment. Dung, he ma- muttered furiously. Great sizzling dragon bogies from brains, rat intestines. I've had enough of it. Make an example. Where's the from? Yes. He retrieved a large roll of parchment from his desk drawer and stretched it out in front of him, dipping his long back quill into the ink pot. Name, Harry Potter. Crime, it was only a bit of mud, said Harry. It's a bit of mud to you, boy, but to me it's an extra hour scrubbing, shouted Felch, a drip shivering unpleasantly at the end of his bulbous nose. Crime, be falling the castle. Suggested sentence. Dabbing at his streaming nose, Filch squinted unpleasantly at Harry, who waited with bated breath for his sentence to fall. But as Filch lowered his quill, there was a great bang on the ceiling of his office, which made the oil lamp rattle. Peeves! Filch roared, the flinging down his quill in a transport of rage. I'll have you this time, I'll have you. And without a backwards glance at Harry, Filch ran flat-footed from the office, Mrs. Norris streaking alongside him. Peeves was a school Portuguese, a grinning airborne menace who lived to cause havoc and distress. Harry didn't much like Peeves, but couldn't help feeling grateful for his timing. Hopefully, whatever Peeves had done, and it sounded as though he'd wrecked something very big this time, would distract Filch from Harry. Thinking that he should probably wait for Filch to come back, Harry sank into a muff-eaten chair next to the desk. There was only one thing on the on it apart from his half-completed form, a large glossy purple envelope with the silver lettering on the front, with a quick glance at the door to check that Flitch wasn't on his way back. Harry picked up the envelope and read, Quick spell, a a correspondence course in Big Mill's magic. Intrigued, Harry flicked the envelope open and pulled out the sheaf of parchment inside, more cu- more purely silver writing on the front page said, Feel out of step in the world modern magic. Find yourself making excuses not to perform simple spells. Ever been taunted for your willful hand won't work? There is an answer. Quick spell is an all new, fail safe, quick result, easy learn course. Hundreds of witches and wizards have been benefited from the quick spell method madam z nettles of tops sham right i had no memory for incantations and my potions were a family joke now after a quick spell goes i'm center of attention at parties and friends beg for the recipe of my scintillation solution warlock dj prod of ditchery did Harry say? My wife used to snare at my feeble charms, but one month into your fabulous quick spell course, I succeeded in turning her into a yak. Thank you, quick spell. Fascinated, Harry tumbled through the rest of the envelope's contents.
Why on earth did Filch want a quick spell ghost? Did this mean he wasn't a proper wizard? Harry was just reading Lesson 1, holding your wand, some useful tips. When shuffling footsteps outside told him Filch was coming back, stuffing the parchment back into the envelope, Harry threw it back on the desk just as the door opened. Filch was looking triumphant. That vanishing cabinet was extremely valuable. He was saying gleefully to Mrs. Norris, We'll have peeves out this time, my sweet. He said his eyes fell on Harry and then darted to the quick spell envelope, which Harry realized too late was lying two feet away from where it had started. Phil's pasty face went brick red. Harry braced himself for a tidal wave of fury. Filch hobbled across the, to the desk, snatched up the envelope and threw it into a drawer. Have you, did you read? He spluttered. No, Harry lied quickly. Filch's knobby, knobbly hands were twisting together. If I thought you'd read my private, not that it's mine for a friend, be that as it may. However, Harry was staring at him alarmed. Filch had never looked madder. His eyes were popping, a tick was going in one of his pouchy cheeks, and the tartan scarf didn't help. Very well, go, and don't breathe a word. Not that, however, if you didn't read, go now, I have to write up Peeves' report, go. Amazed at his luck, Harry sped out of his office, up the corridor, and back upstairs to escape from Phil's office without punishment was probably some kind of school recall. Harry, Harry, did it work? Nearly headless Nick came gliding out of the classroom behind him. Harry could see the wreckage of a large black and gold cabinet which appeared to have been dropped from a great height. I pursued it, Peeves, to crash it right over Phil's office, said Nick eagerly. Thought it might distract him. Was that you? said Harry gratefully. Yeah. It worked. I didn't even get detention. Thanks, Nick. They set off up the corridor together. Nearly headless Nick, Harry noticed, was still holding Sir Patrick's rejection letter. I wish there was something I could do for you about the headless hunt, Harry said. Nearly headless Nick stopped in in his tracks and Harry walked right through him he wished he hadn't it was like stepping through an icy shower but there is something you could do for me said nick excitedly harry would i be asking too much but no you wouldn't want what is it said harry well this halloween will be my 500th death day said nearly headless nick drawing himself up and looking di- Dignified, oh, said Harry, not sure whether he should look sorry or happy about this. Right, I'm holding a party down in one of the roomier dungeons. Friends will be coming from all over the country. It would be such an honor if you would attend Mr. Weasley and Miss Granger. Would be most welcome too, of course, but I dare say you'd rather go to the school feast. He watched Harry on the tenterhooks. No, said Harry quickly, I'll come. My dear boy, Harry Potter, my death day party. And he hesitated, looking excited. Do you think you could possibly mention to Sir Patrick how very frightening and impressive you find me?
Uh, of course, Sir Harry, you nearly headless neck beamed at him. A death day party, Sir Hermione, keenly. When Harry had changed at last and joined her and Ron in the common room, I bet there aren't many people living many living people who can't say they've been to one of those it'll be fan- fascinating why would anyone want to celebrate the day they died said ron who was halfway through his portion's homework and grumpy sounds dead depressing to me rain was still lashing the windows which were now inky black but inside all looked bright and cheerful the firelight glowed over the countless squashy armchairs where people sat reading, talking, doing homework, or in case of Fred and George Weasley, trying to find out what would happen if you fed a filibuster firework to a salamander. Fred had rescued the brilliant orange fire-dwelling lizard from a care of magical creatures class, and it was now smoldering gently on a table surrounded by a knot of curious people. Harry was on the point of telling Ron and Hermione about Filch and the quick spell course when the salamander suddenly whizzed into the air, emitting loud sparks and bangs as it were whirled wildly round the room. The sight of Percy bellowing himself a host at Fred and George, the spectacular display of tangerine stars showing him the salamander's mouth and its escape into the fire with accompanying explosions drove both Filch and the quickspell envelope from Harry's mind. By the time Halloween arrived, Harry was regretting his rash promise to go to the dead day party. The rest of the school were happily anticipating their Halloween feast. The great hall had been decorated with the usual live badge. Harry's was vast pumpkins had been carved into lanterns large enough for three men to sit in, and there were rumors that Dumbledore had booked a troop of dancing skeletons for the entertainment. I promise is a promise. Hermione reminded Harry bossily. You said you'd go to the dead day party. So at seven o'clock, Harry, Ron, and Hermione walked straight past the doorway to the packed great hall, which was glittering in wittingly with gold plates and candles, and directed their steps instead towards the dungeons. The passageway leading to nearly headless Nick's party had been lined with candles too, though the effect was Far from cheerful, there were long, thin, jet-black tapers, all burning bright blue, casting a dim, ghostly light even over their own living faces. The temperature rode with very step they look. They took as Harry shivered and drew his robes tightly around him. He heard what sounded like a thousand vinegar nails, fingernails scraping an enormous blackboard. Is that supposed to be music? Ron whispered. They turned a corner and saw nearly headless Nick standing at a doorway hung with black velvet drapes. My dear friends, he said mournfully, welcome, welcome. So please do come. He swept off his plumped hat and bowed them inside. It was incredible sight. The dungeon was full of hundreds of pearly white, translucent people, mostly drifting around a crowded dance floor waltzing 
to the dreadful quavering sounds of thirty musical souls played by an orchestra on a black draped platform a chandelier overhead blazed might blue midnight blue with a thousand more black candles their breath roses uh, in a mist before them it was like stepping into a freezer shall we have a look around harry suggested wanting to warm up his feet careful not to walk through anyone said nona said ron nervously and they set off around the edge of the dance floor they passed a group of gloomy nuns a ragged man wearing chains and the fat friar chiefal hufflepuff ghost who was talking to a knight with an arrow sticking out of his forehead harry wasn't surprised to see that the bloody baron a gaunt staring slytherin ghost covered in silver blood stains was being given a wide berth by the other ghost oh no said hermione stopping abruptly turn back turn back i don't want to talk to morning mitel who said harry they backtracked quickly she haunts the girls toilet on the first floor so hermione she haunts the toilet yes it's been out of order all year because she kept keeps having tantrums and flooding the place i never went in there anyway if i could avoid it it's awful trying to go to the loo with her wailing at you look food said ron on the other side of the dungeon was a long table also covered with in black velvet they approached it eagerly but next moment had stopped in their tracks horrified the smell was quite disgusting large rotten fish were laid on handsome silver platters cakes burned charcoal black charcoal black were heaped on salvers there was a great maggoty haggis a slab of cheese covered in furry green mold and in pride of place an enormous gray cake in the shape of tombstone with tar like icing forming the words sir nicholas de mimsy popington died 31st october 1492 harry watched amazed as a portly ghost portly ghost approached the table crouched low and walked through it his mouth his mouth held wide so that it passed through one of the stinking salmon can you taste if it if you walk through it harry asked him almost said the ghost sadly and he drifted away i expect they've let it rot to give it a stronger flavor said hermione knowledgeably pinching her nose and leaning closer to look at the patrid haggis can we move i feel sick said ron they had barely turned around however when a little man swooped suddenly from under the the table and came to a halt in mid air before them hello peeves said harry cautiously unlike the ghosts around them peeves the portuguese was the very reverse of pale and transparent he was wearing a bright orange party hat a revolving bow tie and a broad grin on his wide wicked face nibbles he said swiftly offering them a bowl of peanuts covered in fungus no thanks said hermione heard you talking about the poor michael said peeves his eyes dancing rude you was about poor martel 
He took a deep breath and bellowed. Oi, Mattel! Oh no, Peeve, don't tell her what I said. She'll be really, be really upset. Hermione whispered frantically. I didn't mean it. I don't mind her. Uh, hello, Mattel. A squat ghost of a girl had glided over. She had the glamiest face, glamiest face Harry had ever seen, half hidden, being lack behind lank hair and thick, pearly spectacles. What? she said sulkily. How are you, Michael? said Hermione in a falsely bright voice. It's nice to meet you out of the toilet. Michael sniffed. Miss Granger was talking about you, said Pease, slyly in Michael's ear. Just sing, sing how nice you look tonight, said Hermione, glaring at Pease. Michael eyed Hermione suspiciously. You're making a fun of me, she said, silver tears welling rapidly in her small see-through eyes. No, honestly, didn't I just say how nice Michael's looking? And said Hermione, nudging Harry and Ron painfully to the ribs. Oh, yeah, she did. Don't lie to me. Michael gasped, tears now floating down her face, while Peeves chuckled happily over the, his sho- her shoulder. Do you think I don't know what people call me behind my back? Fat Michael, ugly Michael, miserable, moaning, mopping Michael. You've missed out, Sporty. Peeves hissed in her ear. Morning Michael burst into anguished sobs and fled from the dungeon. Peeves shot after her, pelting her with moldy peanuts, yelling, Spotty, Spotty. Oh dear, said Hermione sadly. Nearly headless Nick was drifted towards them through the crowd. Enjoying yourselves, oh yes, they lied. Not a bad cr- turnout, said nearly headless snake proudly the wailing uh, widow came all the way up from kent it's nearly time for my speech i'd better go and warn the orchestra the orchestra however stopped playing at that very moment they and everyone else in the dungeon fell silent looking around in excitement as a haunting horn sounded oh here we go said nearly headless snake bitterly through the dungeon all burst a dozen closed horses, each ridden by a headless horseman. The assembly clapped wildly. Harry st- started to clap too, but sw- stopped quickly at the sick sight of Nick's face. The horses galloped into the middle of the dance floor and hearted, rearing and plunging. A large ghost at the front, whose be- bearded head was under his arm, Blowing the horn, leapt down, lifted his head high in the air so he could see over the crowd. Everyone laughed and strode over the nearly headless Nick, squashing his head back onto his neck. Nick, he wrote, how are you? He's still hanging in there. He gave a hearty guffaw and clapped nearly headless Nick on the shoulder. Welcome, Patrick, said Nick stiffly. Levens, said Sir Patrick. Spotting Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and giving a huge fake jump of astonishment, so that his head fell off again. The crowd howled with laughter. Very amusing, said nearly headless Nick darkly. Don't mind, Nick, shouted Sir Patrick's head from the floor. Still upset, we won't let him join the hunt 
but I mean to say, look at the fellow, I think, said Harry hurriedly, at a meaningful look from Nick. Nick's very frightening, and a uh, ha yells Sir Patrick's head, but uh, he asked you to say that if I could have everyone's attention, it's time for my speech, said nearly headless Nick loudly, striding towards the podium and clambing climbing into an icy blue spotlight my late lamented lords ladies and gentlemen it is my great sorrow but nobody heard much more sir patrick and the rest of the headless hunt had just started a game of head hockey and the crowd were turning to watch nearly headless nick tried vainly to recapture his audience but gave up as sir patrick's head went sailing past him to light loud cheers harry was very cold by now not to mention hungry i can't stand much more this one muttered his feet scuttling as the orchestra rounds back gripped him as he stared at the dark ceiling how could it be moving upwards uh, was it a phantom to whom stone ceilings didn't matter this way he shouted and he began to run up the stairs into the entrance hall it was no good hoping to hear anything here the babble of talk from the halloween feast was echoing out of the great hall harry sprinted up the marble staircase to the first floor Ron and Hermione clattering behind him. Harry, what are we? Shh! Harry strained his ears distantly from the floor above and growing fainter still. He heard the voice, I smell blood. I smell blood. His stomach's stomach lurched. It's going to kill someone, he shouted, and ignoring Ron and Hermione's bewildered faces, he ran up the next flight of steps three at a time trying to listen over his own pounding footsteps harry hurtled around the hole to the, of the second floor ron and hermione panting behind him not stopping until they turned a corner into the last deserted passage harry what was that all about said ron whipping sweat off his face i couldn't hear anything but hermione gave a sudden gasp pointing down the corridor look something was shining on the wall ahead they approached slowly squinting through the darkness 
foot high words had been jabbed on the wall between two windows shimmering in the light cast by the flaming torches the chamber of secrets has been opened enemies of the hair be aware what's that thing hanging underneath said ron a slight queer in his voice as they edged nearer harry almost slipped over there was a large puddle of water on the floor ron and hermione grabbed him and they inched towards the message eyes fixed on a dark shadow beneath it all harry all three of them realized what it was at once and leapt backwards and with a splash mrs norris the cat was hanging by her tail from the torch bracket she was stiff as a board her eyes wide and staring for a few seconds they didn't move then ron said let's get out of here shouldn't we try and help harry began awkwardly trust me said ron we don't want to be found here but if it's too late rumble as there were distant thunder told them that the feast had just ended from either end of the corridor where they stood came the sound of hundreds of feet climbing the stairs and the loud happy talk of the well-fed people next moment students were crashing into the passage from both ends chatter the bustle the noise died suddenly as the people in front spotted the hanging hat hanging cat harry ron and hermione stood alone in the middle of the corridor as silence fell among the mass of students pressing forward to see the grisly sight then someone shouted the quite enemies of the hair be aware you'll be next mudbloods it was draco malfoy who had pushed to the front of the crowd his cold eyes alive his usually bloodless face flushed as he grinned at the sight of the hanging immobile cat okay everybody so this chapter is finished and in the next podcast we are going to start with our next chapter which is chapter 9 the writing on the wall till then thank you for listening